Sam, how you doing, bud? Doing good, doing good. Here, I'm, uh, I'll I'll take my I'll take my video out. That way, my video my my audio might come out a little clearer. All I'm right, no good. worries, man. No worries. I might do the same uh, with mine so that our audio is crystal clear for the um, audience members. But uh, Sam, so it's good to have you on the show. I think this is the first time you've officially been on the show. This is the first time I've actually been on your show. Um, you know, I've been I've been annoying you about it. I've been constantly texting no. you every day saying, hey, you know, when am I going to be on the show? When am I going to be on the show? And you're like, never. You're, we're not best friends. Made all that up. Um, I might be the godfather to your son, but I'm not the I'm not the host of a podcast that you're no, gonna on, be. on the contrary. Your your whole family was like, Brian, stop inviting Sam to your podcast. He can't. It's, he can't. Like, it's not going to happen. He's got <laughs> other things to do. <laughs> no, but seriously, appreciate you coming on, man. For the folks listening. So the Sam, this is the this is the wondrous Sam. This is the Sam I talk about. This is the Sam who's my DM uh, when we play on Behold the D&D podcast. Uh, this is Sam who we play video games together on Couch Play. So we have we've known each other since 2009, correct? Yeah, 2009. I was actually just thinking about that uh, today because I saw some people that we, I think they were at college when you were there. But I took a very long time in college. I've wasted a lot of a lot. Of, well, I didn't waste a lot of years. I won't say wasted, but I, I took my sweet time graduating. And so, um, I saw these people there, and I was like, man, when would I have seen them? And I was like, I started college in 2009, and then I. I stayed there until 2015. Um, yeah, it was 2009. So we've known each other. It's 2021. So we've now known mm-hmm. each other. I mean, not exactly, but we have known each other. I would say, what is that? 12 years? Uh, I think that's 12. I don't 13. know. I'm trying to do basic, which is which is so funny because we're talking about. Dungeons and Dragons today, where basic arithmetic is like the one thing you have to be able to do. <laughs> Technically, we've known each other for like 12 and a half years, almost 13. Fall will okay. be this 2020, fall of 2021 will be 13 years. Yeah, so fall to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like 11, 12 years. 12, 12 years. Wow. Yeah, man. We've known each other for a long time. We go way back to when we were playing Halo on a like six inch. I've known TV. you longer than my wife. Dude, I've known you longer than my wife. And that'll never change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They can never complain. If they say, oh, why are you spending time doing this? Then we'll be like, uh, we've known each other longer. Yeah. It's called loyalty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why when we are um, on each other's podcasts and stuff, we, we carve that time. Even if our, if our beloved spouses are like, oh, spend time with me. Because oh, I haven't seen you in like a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no babe 
I have to hang out. <laughs> Spending time with Sam. No, I'm kidding. We we don't act like that all the time. No. Only sometimes. <laughs> we don't act like that all the time. <laughs> we just we say, hey, honey bunches of oats. Can you can we please hang out with each other? And then we relay that to our spouses. But That's anyway. True. The folks that are still listening to this episode, thank you for um, letting us be weird with one another. But anyway, today (laughs) we're talking about um, actually one of the things that we've been talking about lately, especially with um, Behold the D&D podcast, which, you know, if y'all haven't subscribed to it yet, go subscribe to it. It is where we uh, it's it's a live play. It's essentially us in a real authentic way playing D&D. It's not staged, you know, and what I mean by stage, it's it's not, we don't write out any episodes, we don't really, um, we're not professional voice actors or anything like that. We're just yeah. all friends from college and beyond, and we, again, a lot of us have known each other for 10 or so years. So you're really hearing and listening to people who have played not only D&D together, but other games. I think we've played, I'm trying to think of the other RPGs we've played, but a lot of the RPGs that we've played also have had D&D 5th edition rules. Um, and because of that, you know, it's easy for us to kind of, and especially because we have that connection and that network with one another, we have all talked about this, Sam and I and our other friends on on the show we were talking about this because, and Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, we've also had an influx of people that have never played D&D before. So they hop into 5th edition, and now they're playing with us about every week or every other week. I know you have a couple of uh, um, other games that you run, so they're probably mm-hmm. in that game as well. But they're playing a lot. They Their knowledge is 5th edition based. So, you know, yeah. the conversation kind of came to be of where do, you know, where do we draw the line if we have to draw a line in the regards of introducing players to other RPGs? I personally think that there's such a great plethora of 5th edition compatible systems that... I would even say explore those systems and then explore other systems. Just that's just the way I work. I don't know what you think about that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So going back to the podcast for a second, I won't, I won't, I, I, I won't plug myself too much or no, us too much. Yourself. But we, <laughs> but we. Um, so it is a live play uh, game. Complete nothing. All completely unscripted um mm-hmm. the episodes that oh, are available sure. right now <laughs> the episodes are available right now uh online if you visit our podcast you find us you can find us on spotify itunes google we're on some other things as well um uh if you follow us we have and it goes along with this where with five fifth edition compatible games um so we had a we had a traditional fifth edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons game. I'm pretty sure those episodes are still up. Um, we, we've had a, we've actually had a spotty we've actually have a, have had a, a spotty uh, back not background a spotty 
I don't want to say spotty time, but we've had basically we've been on and off with our campaigns a couple times now, and we're just now rebooting sure. again um, the podcast with we've started another traditional one, but I, I'm getting ahead of myself. We started off with the traditional game. We recorded, I want to say, close to uh, it was like twenty. 25 to 30 episodes and then we got really Pretty much ba- a season I, or two yeah and we got i got really backlogged with with editing and then it just ended up so it just it, it, for whatever it was our first uh you know forte into doing that kind of stuff and i don't know how many episodes ended up going live but we not all the episodes that we record ended up going live and then i think i lost a bunch of the recorded stuff so then we even lost episodes um, so then we rebooted and we started playing a Star Wars game, which it was there is Star Wars, the actual tabletop RPG. And yep. one of the things else that I just a quick note is that we all play virtually. So um, and I like to do because it's a record podcast, I tend to I, I play completely theater of the mind just because it forces me and the players to have to describe what they're doing much mm-hmm. better because otherwise i don't they don't know what i'm talking about or i don't know what they're talking about um you know if if i was just listening right um whereas like if i have a game board and somebody's like oh yeah i go to that space over there well you the listener don't know that um but the reason i say that is yeah. it, it, this was not a game that could easily be played i don't think the star wars rpg itself I could be wrong. Um, if everybody had the materials for it, uh, it could probably be played virtually pretty easily. But yeah, we, but do but think think about the logistics of that. And everybody they, would have would, to get their own stuff too. They'd have to get because I think there's special dice as well that goes with it. Yes, there are for the I think for the fifth edi- for the Star Wars fifth edition, right? Not not Star Wars fifth edition. No, there's an actual Star Wars. Uh, tabletop game yes, like a, correct. a completely yeah. other you system need, you need different dice it's it's you basically need yeah. to re- redo everything and and that's kind of you know my my logic or my argument for this is especially right now things mm-hmm. being the way it is um yeah if you have the disposable income and you can meet in person because that's how you feel you know you feel comfortable that's what's in your bubble yeah you know, invest in a different system, learn how to play that system and learn, you know, add it to your, you know, weekly or biweekly gaming schedule. Like if you play D&D, you know, every other week, like um, maybe mix another game, maybe that, you know, maybe a Star Wars RPG or a Star Trek or whatever it may be every other week. So that way, like you're playing a different system um, and you're not getting bored of D&D. But I think, um, with the fifth edition compatible material out there and again i think a good example um based upon the you know the podcast that you or rather with the live with the live action or live play podcast um the star wars fifth edition that we did was really fun yeah so that's what i was gonna say so then because i didn't want people number one as a dm i didn't want to have to learn a whole new system and sure number two I didn't want my players to have to learn a brand new system and also buy materials. So one of the things that I found out, um, and this is what led me to Star Wars, is I actually forget what kick I was on where I was like, oh, man, it would be really fun to have Jedis running around and playing those. 
but what I what I Swotar was, or Kotar? Uh, it actually it might have been that. Um, and I was like, oh, we got to play a Star Wars game. So what I did was, and this is what's it, awesome about Fifth it Edition was, is, it was it was Swotar or Kotar because you and I were playing it. I would come hang out with you as part of our um, on Twitch. Yeah, we were playing. You were playing it on Twitch, and we would hang out. It was early on. I think this before was early on in quarantine. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and it was right before couch play started. I mean, yep. Um, so I was like, okay, and this is one of the things I love about Fifth Edition is you can find now, like, just the not even just the fan base, but like it's Fifth Edition in particular to most of the other versions of Dungeons and Dragons is definitely. Um, it's the most user friendly. It's mm-hmm. the most user friendly. Like people that are getting into Dungeons and Dragons can much easier, easily get into Fifth Edition than any other. Absolutely. In my opinion, um, absolutely. I think so, what what would and and I actually sorry to cut you off there because when okay. we and kind of going back to when we first met, um, which sounds like a really good uh, song that you and I should write together. Right. Wait, what? <laughs> No, uh, no. Um, when we first met, a lot of the folks on the show were playing at what, 3.5? It was three. Yeah, we learned to play 3.5. We had a friend named Jake Francisco who um, taught us 3.5. And right. looking back, now playing 5th edition versus 3.5, like I look at, I have an old character sheet when we played back in college. And I'm like, why what is this this is dumb. like at the time it all made sense and everything but now playing fifth edition i'm like this was so and i don't i don't want to start i don't want to start i don't want to start wars because there are people that literally think 3.5 is the best and then there are people that think i I think actually there's like those are like almost the two polar op like the two biggest camps for dungeons and dragons right now are people that love 3.5 and people that love fifth edition and for me personally I like fifth edition way more. It's a lot easier to do. I think 3.5 was a lot more complicated. Um, if you want to at me in the comments, just look up the rules for grappling in both editions mm-hmm. and then talk to me. Um, but what I love about this, the simplicity yeah. of fifth edition is that it makes it easy because it's so the rules are, are so much easier to follow and easier to do is it makes it easier. And this is kind of wrapping it all back is it makes it easier to uh, like adapt it to another um, thing. So what I did was I literally searched Star Wars fifth edition, um, like fifth edition conversion or something. And I found there's a a site, I think it's just called uh, SW5E.com or something, or just search Star Wars fifth edition and it should come up. And it's literally a completely fan made, um, fifth edition system. So it uses the base, it takes Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition and it has its own player's handbook. So it has its own classes, which are basically the same as the fifth edition classes, but they're not fantasy. Obviously they're all like, uh, they're all Star Wars ones. They're not all Jedi's. They're, yeah. You know, there's bounty hunters. There's all kinds of stuff in there. It has its own monster manual. It has its own starship system. It has all these other things that literally mm-hmm. work and use that fifth edition um, rule set. And I love fi- that fifth edition could do that because I'm sure you could literally find probably 
you could think of almost any TV show or topic, and somebody at some point has probably made some kind of slight diversion for There's it. a Pokemon 5th edition. Yes. And it's fantastic. And honestly, like, so let, let, me, let me retrace some steps here. So yeah. when 3rd edition came out and onward, that's when the open gaming license really took effect. What they, I forget what his name was, but he saw that, and I mean, you and I work in technology, so we understand this. Like, we saw that, I forget the guy's name, but he saw that all these tech companies were basically having open licenses for certain, you know, tech and for, and basically for the code um, from a coding perspective, which allowed people to say, oh, I like this, but let me make it better. Let me, you know, improve on it. So you constantly had different, you know, iterations and improvements to the actual, you know, piece of software or hardware, but typically software. Mm -hmm. In the gaming sense, he took that idea and said, hey, let, let's apply that to D&D. Because remember, Unearth Arcana was oftentimes, you know, the Unearth Arcana was that manual. And when third and you know 3.5 and all that good stuff happened, it was really it was a sense of oh now we have this third or you know 3e or 3.5e fourth and now fifth edition compatible material that is quote unquote open game license so you can pretty much use the rules and everything else and just create your own modules or create your own settings whatever it may be and you're good to go and I think. Because of that, you know, we see in fifth edition, which again, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Fifth edition was made was made for folks who wanted to have an easier time learning the rules so that they can tell a story and play a game. Because I rem I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the third and and you know, third through fourth edition, I love the artwork. Something about right. that like grayscale and that like I don't know. They just it just kind of reminds this that nostalgic point in gaming for me because I I do remember um I do remember that artwork and I was like oh this is awesome but the mechanics itself at times became very crunchy especially fourth edition fourth edition became really crunchy and I think it's hard to create something like Star Wars fifth edition when you have mechanics that are extremely crunchy. And really just not cohesive to the story. Because what was it? You have like bloodied and all that other stuff. So eh, it was all right. But when 5th edition came out. And like again Star Wars 5e. Right. The amount of lore that they that those um, folks placed in there was amazing. And in addition to that. And I don't know what you think. But I think I believe they captured the intent of what 5th edition is. Fifth edition has a core set of rules and mechanics, and everything else is up to the DM to create and to create that world and to create, you know, other mechanics, right? And right. go from there and distribute as is. I think those two, and I don't know the names of the two who created Star Wars 5e, but I personally think they captured the spirit of what fifth edition was meant to do. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things you kind of said earlier, too, was that um, about how 5th edition is for people to just, like, sit down and tell a story. And I think mm -hmm. that that's absolutely true. And I think 
people that really sit on either of the camps, not to say if you're playing a 3.5 game that it's not about the, the role playing and strike, because I think 3.5, that was the argument against 3.5 versus fourth edition was that fourth edition was really mechanics based and 3.5 was really mm-hmm. more role playing based and it had all these rules around role playing. Whereas fifth edition, I think, in my opinion, again, is it makes it more it's 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 easier to role play because you have less rule it, i think it's easier to role play when there's less rules to get in the way of that role playing whereas when you're like oh i want to tell them this kind of thing and there's like oh well you got to roll this dice to do this and then they got to do that you know if there's any kind of like mechanics involved with a lot of story storytelling elements then it may it kind of bogs it down but um yeah, I, I I really do think that the spirit of fifth edition was that they, and they it was like kind of like taking a a, a swift turn for Wizards of the Coast, um, where they're like, you know what, fourth edition, some people really liked it, a lot of people didn't like it. They you know mm-hmm. talked about how it was too mechan too you know mechanic based. You know, you had all these different things that would happen just in one combat round. Like you'd be able to do like all these different things, and it was like people would just zone out because it's like, oh well, I get to my this reaction happens because this chain thing. And it was all mechanics spaces. So they were like, all right. And it was really their answer to that was, all right, well, if this is too many rules, let's go with a lot. Let's go with hardly any rules around this and really open it up for people, which then took the homebrew community and allowed them to just like really run with it. So like all the games that we've played, um, uh, which is adds more to the, you know, the live play element is that they're all homebrew games. I homebrew. I also like to homebrew sometimes some of the monsters I'll tweak uh, because of one of the things you'd said earlier, which is that we've had players that are literally playing their first games. And then I have players that literally, you know, I can think of a couple that have read the rule, have read all the rules inside now, have read all the monster yep. manuals, have read every single book, own every single book, know every single thing, and, you know, know way more than I do. I uh, think I know who Which you're is fine. About. Well, it's a couple. It's a couple. I, there's quite a few of them. But no, they, and it's not. It's not. Um, we're not saying this in a negative way. It's right. We're right. Know who you're talking about because it, they're the people that you want to go to to say, hey, like, what does the rule say about this? They're they're like, because I, I hate that. I, I don't want to say rules lawyer because that almost seems like a negative connotation, but they are. They're kind of like that rules lawyer that says, hey. I know actually, this about the rules. Like it's actually, a good thing. You can't do that. You can't do this bonus action because you did this or whatever it is. But because I have that wide range of players, I mean, that's a very wide range. The game, I have to make it so that it's fun for everybody. So yeah, part of it is I homebrew it. So you can't, you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know who's what, what's in this region. You know, it's new to you, the player, because there is no book that has this written out. It's a homebrew world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the monsters, you know, are homebrewed, which gives them the ability to everybody is learning about this at the same time, whether it be a brand new monster or a monster that is in the monster manual, but has different weaknesses or maybe it's, yep. you know, acts a different way or it has a different health block or whatever the case may be. It makes it fun and exciting and engaging for all the players at the table, because now Everybody is experiencing this for the first time together, and they're having to come up with and strategize and do those things together. So even just homebrewing classes and monsters and things like that is, I think, a fun thing. Um, 
one of the things that I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later. So one of the things we said uh, with the campaigns that we've done, we rebooted, we did the star Wars game. We were playing that for a while and then we stopped and I don't, I, I, I don't know if it was me or what happened, but I think I needed a break or something. And we took Dude, a pause for a second. second. You had your second oh, kid. <laughs> oh, that's right. I had, I had another job. <laughs> That it all makes sense now. Because yeah. I remember oh. I was actually just listening to our one our latest one from that game, and it was literally that it was like a fight between, and it ended so good, and it was like I wanted to know what happened next, but we never played again. And then <laughs> actually now I know why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I plays out because she's four months old, and we stopped playing four months ago. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't put that God. together. Ganny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but that's the thing too like and actually that game was super fun because i i was playing a well technically i'm still playing a jedi because we can the beauty about the podcast is we can always jump back to it but yeah. um yeah i'm playing a jedi who's classically more of like a gray-sided even though that's apparently that's to be determined there's no gray side jedi but i i disagree um or they're trying to make it official that there's no gray Jedi. Um, but the point is, like, I was playing a gray Jedi, and I was not interested in any type of fighting. I fought if I had to. But right. the goal of my character was, hey, I'm trying to, you know, build this temple. Right. Uh, the, and it's not the temple in Coruscant. It was, a, I forget what other temple. It was, in a diff- it was in, like, a different world or galaxy. But um, or a different, you know, planet altogether. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you started uh, your own order. And yeah, you were had, one of the people right. that was going out like to get more like texts and recruit people to bring back to the the planet yep, you were on right. that had its temple. That's right. Because I, I was like so I was like the grand basically master of the of the like of the library itself like arc so actually thanks for rebooting my brain because i remembered um essentially my character left the jedi order and said like this is getting too political so we're not focusing on the force so therefore let's focus on the force and i the temple started recruiting or, or recruiting um force wielders from all sorts of walks of life but they just committed to being you know neutral and I was building up the library and building up the text. And that's where I kind of went out on this mission to find, to recruit um, people who were force sensitive, but also to find, you know, text about the force. And essentially, whether it's light side or dark side, find those holocrons and find that text um, to kind of help in that journey. So I think the last time we played, I stayed out of the fight completely. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It was like a session, and this it was actually funny, and that's why I wanted to play, I wanted to see what happened next, was literally, um, it was Dave and Mike kind of started a fight, almost, yep. where they were getting attacked, and it came to your turn in the initiative order, and you're like, well, do they see me, or who's coming after me? And I'm like, nobody. I mean, you're still at the entrance to this, uh, you know, to this hangar and stuff, nobody's coming after you they're just reacting to these two who have now come to the ship and run there those mm-hmm. are that's where the attention is no as far as they know you're not with them 
and you're like, awesome. So I'm going to, is there any kind of like place I can go and sit down? And literally like I, you went like literally right across the, it was essentially like right across the street, like, over, like looking into this garage area where this big ship was, you just like sat down and like sat down. It was like a little, it turned like a, into, it was like a it was, cafe. It was supposed to be a cafe, but then you ended up, I think, getting some kind of like, it turned into like, because the accent I used, they were like, they're like, oh, she's Irish. And then it turned into like a St. Paddy's Day thing where I think you were drinking like a green beer or something. (laughs) And you're like literally sitting there. And then Tim's character on his turn came to the table and sat with you. And you guys were like having like a full conversation, hanging out. (laughs) flirting getting the number of like the barista and then meanwhile like two of your play- i think mike gets downed and yeah, he Dave escapes down. yes and then it ends in a really good way and i was like oh man it was just such a funny episode like there's just so many like really funny elements to it um uh yeah, and that's you're right. We could we could always play that again. And we so we did the Star Wars game. Now we've rebooted again. We're doing a new fantasy campaign, a brand new one. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna start doing um, once we get it up and running. And this is this again flow. And I think this is why we we chose this topic for this. I think this is why you chose this topic for the podcast. Is we're getting ready now that the new year has has struck off. Um, I'm going to start, you know, gearing it more up or recruiting and getting people for another campaign that's going to be running alongside this one. So like every other week will be the mm-hmm. other campaign. So we'll have two campaigns going. And that yep. one is another completely homebrew campaign world called Radical Irradiated Fighting Monsters, which is based on like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, motorcyclists, mm-hmm. Mouse motorcyclists from Mars, street sharks, uh, like uh, radioactive black. Yeah, that 90s. like 90s, 80s, like those anthropomorphic TV shows that were like, yeah. like there's literally like I, I literally I, I remembered a bunch of them and I have a comic book um, sitting somewhere near my computer. I don't know where it is, but it's like radioactive black belt hamsters. And like, there's like so many of these things that you could literally look up. And so I was like, these shows were literally like, I so nostalgic and I loved them. And it was such like, once I started thinking about it and I've actually had this campaign since we started the very first campaign, which was like a year or two. Yeah. I literally brought this up. I had made like a mini player's handbook for it where it was basically, um, I'll get it. We can get into that later because we'll, we can talk about what it takes to do that kind of stuff. Um, what I've done, but, um, and I was like, well, do you guys want to play this? You know, here's some options of like different games we could play and everybody want to do a classic fantasy. And then when we were rebooting again, after the star Wars, after we had been on kind of a hiatus, um, because my daughter was born, um, uh, <laughs> I brought that up again and I was really amped for it and nobody wanted to do it. And I was like, so then we were playing, we were, we were playing, we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to play this game and I'm just going to find people that I've played with on Instagram. I'm going to invite them Mm -hmm. to play first. And then I'm going to start like asking people uh, to play. And so far I have you signed up. I've got two other other people um now that the new year's has 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 taken as has occurred 
Um, I'm going to, you know, start working on the discord with folks to, you know, get more of the homebrew stuff like built out mm-hmm. uh, and then and start doing it. But just the idea of this whole world of, you know, literally anything can happen and not in like just fantasy sense, but like literally in those cartoon shows, like literally like one episode they would be like fighting in the sewers and then like two episodes later they're literally in space and then like two episodes after that they're you know in old the old west or you know all these like crazy things so like i created a very real way for folks to like go to like different types of themes that would still make sense in a like and not like there are episodes, but like it not being like it is a full campaign with a co- with a cohesive storyline, but still mm. giving the players the ability to choose, you know, going to go do different things. And based on that, you know, they end up in a fantasy world or they meet somebody and then they get like beamed up to a, the spaceship that they then get taken to another planet. And then, you know, whatever that that whole storyline plays out or maybe they go to this one place and they accidentally get sucked into a wormhole but based on like the choices that are made and stuff is how the how the the, the characters end up at those places and they can be ha- like I, I think at the beginning of the game and i have to relook at this um and i'll probably end up changing it but i think at the beginning of the game it's possible to either go to space to the fantasy world to this like fantasy setting um, or in a fancy setting, I mean like a medieval kind of more traditional D and D place mm-hmm. or a, um, more sword and a dystopian kind of future place where they go in into the future. Um, uh, and basically, and, it, and it's, they have no idea, you know, choosing these different things, what, what's going to make those things occur. And I don't want to give away too much as to how the system will work before we, um, we start doing it. But, um, it is possible like they will have basically at the beginning of the game, they'll have the ability to make choices to do things. And then based on those choices is what leads them down. One of those, you know, branching, basically a branching uh, storyline where then they can, they'll do that story. They come back, they could choose to do something else. And then that will lead to a different storyline, which then does these things. And it's all one cohesive campaign that they're going through, but um, all of which is being done by uh, these irradiated fighting monsters which are just like teenage mutant ninja turtles street sharks these other things and they can choose the 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 players will choose their you know their character i I created races like dog um wolf rhino like they any animal i could think of that would be cool to be like this muscly anthropomorphic creature um you know that does you know either is a either is a fighter or does karate um you know they'll they'll do and then instead of health potions we'll do things like they drink tang or they drink uh you know um i think there's like like this one clear pepsi or dunkaroos or like uh, like all this like crazy like all this stuff that used to be like really popular in the early all 90s late stuff. 80s yes pop tarts all this pop tarts are still around we love hey, wait a minute wait, but wait a minute. <laughs> pop tarts is our unofficial sponsor for couch play we shouldn't say they i mean they are timeless they're, sir they're timeless yeah that's true but like going back and that's what's going to be one of the fun things about going and doing the 
more of the prep work for the campaign is like literally like looking up all these old snacks to do and then replacing them with basically like you picked up a slice of cheese pizza that is the equivalent of a lesser healing potion or something right um and so like having like all these like yeah, I thought so too. Then that's what I've been and, saying for all these years, and nobody's wanted to play this this game, and so I I've had it, and that's why I'm I'm doing it. I've had it. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> flips the table. But that, but again, it it goes back to the fact that when you have a when you have fifth edition compatible uh, material, right. you can do those things. It's easier to put, you know, kind of the quote unquote skin of a or dressing right of a object or an item right you know let's use that slice of pizza like you could you know you go to the pizzeria and you pick up a slice of cheese pizza and i'm talking about like that ooey gooey you know 90s cartoon cheese pizza where like the cheese like the artist made sure that the cheese like drips for like three feet um like that type of pizza it's like oh okay it's a healing potion makes sense but you can do that because fifth edition compatible um the 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 fifth edition core set and compatibility of fifth edition allows you to do that i think i mean let's be honest like i've read a little bit of the pokemon fifth edition Mm -hmm. and for the folks out there who are subscribed to my newsletter you've received it too I actually, that's something I sent out for free. Obviously, I don't own it, so I can't claim anything, and I wouldn't because I never worked on it. And and it's honestly like I just wanted to share it. But the reason I shared it is because with Pokemon Fifth Edition, it's I mean, well, with Pokemon the Fifth Edition, you know, game, you and I are both fans of Pokemon. I think I could safely say we've been fans of the IP for a very long time, probably since it came out, and um. When I when I look at the different you know rule books, right? They have books on oh, if you're from the Kanto region or the Johto region, if you're from this region or that region, and it talks about the different you know basically like the the bonuses that you get, um, and which is interesting, right? Because Pokemon, you are a Pokemon trainer. The focus right. isn't really on you necessarily; it's on the Pokemon itself. But with 5th edition, with this rule set, they found a way to kind of blend it together. They found a way to say, okay, you as the Pokemon trainer um, are going to be, you know, you are telling a story. You are doing this thing. But, you you know, we should also focus on the Pokemon because at the at the point of it, that's the heart of the, sto- uh, of the game and of the IP. So mm-hmm. they found a way to do it. I mean, let's be honest. We could probably create a fifth edition um, Halo, right? We could create yeah. a Halo setting, in you know, with fifth edition rules. We could create, um, and I mean, again, there's probably other tabletop RPGs out there that focus and have their own rules and mechanics. But in my opinion, if you are playing with new players, right? If you are the DM, like in my situation, when I started. Uh, DMing fifth edition, I was showing folks how to play D D for the first time. They had never played, they they didn't like, and actually one of the players saw critical role beforehand, which is probably another topic for another day. Um, and they kind of saw, oh, this is what fifth edition is this is what D is supposed to be like. 
which I mean, again, if that's how you want to play it, cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. And I think critical role is awesome, but it, um, you know, when you have that, you kind of have to show like, well, that, you know, that's their style. That's not my style. So in order to get them involved in other tabletop games, I think it's appropriate to show them that fifth edition compatible, you know, modules that are in different settings. I mean, and I think we mentioned it earlier, we could probably, you name it, we could probably find or or create a conversion for fifth edition, any yeah. setting any ip it would be easier versus third 3.5 fourth edition you know whatever it would be very hard because they're very sword and sorcery like advanced dungeons and dragons like the fighter i think the complete fighter's handbook dude that has so many different things where if you are a noble right if you're a noble fighter like a knight you know you get uh pluses to dancing because you're you were taught how to dance a certain way in court like okay that's cool but that's not really applicable it could be applicable in other systems and settings but is it really necessary for you to do that when you can just roll like a a performance check right i think it makes it easier um to do that in other settings but i don't know i don't know what you think about that but i personally think those type of rules those type of games are easier to get into and use a fifth edition compatible rule set. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I actually, even just as we've been talking about, like if you can think of it, you can find it. D and D Beyond is actually pretty good with their homebrew community. Like a lot of people will create. Like I, I found so. Like I literally had so many different ideas for like things I wanted to see. <laughs> like we had, uh, like for instance, uh, and I'll just I'll just say this. So there's. Like I wanted like I wanted like a bear race. Like I wanted like a humanoid bear race, like in one of my games. And so I literally just looked up races and found one. Um we had one player that wanted to play as wanted to do an avatar game. So I found all these different like air bending and water bending oh, yeah. ones. Um but what I was gonna say is if you can think of it, you can, you know, you can find it. Um I can't find it on D and D beyond, but I, I was just looking as we were talking about it. Um, are you familiar with the anime? It's one of the new ones that's just come out called, uh, Jojutsu Kaisen. And it's all about like, uh, it's like about curse energy and stuff, but I've heard I, of I, it, but I haven't seen it. It's so it's, it's really, it, I, I really like it a lot. Um, but it, um, in it, they have like, basically, the the whole premise is that they have these like and it's only a matter of time i mean they're still only on season one but i i wanted to see if i could find a fifth edition conversion for it and i haven't found one yet i just was looking it up but what i did find and i mean there's only like i think like seven or eight up no no no, there's 12 episodes um of the show so far but I looked it up and really I just found an entire warlock class based on one of the characters. And it goes back to what, you know, what we we're just saying. Like if you want it, you can find it. And yep, it's absolutely. like a, literally an entire warlock domain based on one of the characters. And I'm like, this is, this is really cool. Um, well, and, and again, I think that's the cool thing about fifth edition is that even if you don't create a whole system, you can homebrew, you can create a homebrew class or sub or whatever you want for a specific um, game. So, for mm-hmm. example, <clears throat> excuse me, 
So, for example, you mentioned the Avatar, right? So, right. like, all the different airbenders, and or all the different benders, excuse me. So, airbender, earth, fire, you know, all that good stuff. And, yeah, you definitely could do that. And I think that's the beauty about 5th edition, is that you can... You can literally find anything, whether it's on Reddit or on Pinterest, um, D&D Beyond, any of those sites. You can really find where um, where those things are located so that you can kind of play it to your liking. Because I think and I think this is if I had to say the thesis, right, if I had to state the thesis of, okay, why is it like this? I think it's because fifth edition was created in such a way that you can literally as long as you had a concept of the core rules you can add and subtract anything you want and create and as long as it's for your story like as long as it's for the story of the campaign you don't have to have bards you don't have to have this class you can replace it with another class obviously let your players know but you could do that and i think that's what it is and i think you know we kind of approach the 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 topic more from the answer versus the question um which is not a bad thing i I think that's kind of natural and and and, you know nat and um more relaxed conversation but we you know I, i you know we tend to think of fifth edition as Oh, this is great for new players, but I don't think I don't think new players and I'm not trying to say this in a rude way. I don't think new players understand how awesome 5th edition is and the the gatekeepers as they say of <clears throat> the old editions that are kind of don't bend and and don't want to admit that 5th edition. And again, I respect either way. I think I I like there's something I like in every edition. I'll be honest with you. Um, but that's the beauty of fifth edition. Fifth edition um, has given us the ability to say, hey, you like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, here's a setting that you can create because of this. This, If you, if you do this, 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 and that, you can create Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can create the world of um, the Avatar. You can create – heck, dude, you could probably create a Game of Thrones – it would be very easy to create a Game of Thrones 5th edition like setting. Because, I mean, most of it's sword and sorcery anyway. It would probably be considered more low magic, but still, it would be a sword. You know, you can do that. You could probably do, let's be honest, man. You could probably create a, a you know, Marvel Comics 5th edition. Like, you can say, hey, you're playing in the Marvel Universe. Here you go. You could probably do DC um demon slayer you know that 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 anime great anime you could probably create a demon slayer type world and all the classes necessary and go from there yeah that i mean i mean you can even homebrew different you could probably do a percy jackson and again i i know you and i talked about it as i love the percy jackson series but you could probably do like a percy jackson you know olympian and egyptian and norse a campaign or whatever you want to you know call it and you go and go from there it's yeah, very you easy really, to do that yeah i mean you really just have to decide how far you want to go with it because for some of these like 
for the radical ready fighting monsters, that's going to be a complete overhaul of like the D and D core system. But for something like mm-hmm. a Percy Jackson esque game, yeah, you'll overhaul some of the stuff as far as, you know, if you're going to do it in like actually modern day, but you can actually take like, I'm sure I have not looked recently at D and D beyond for it, but if they have avatar stuff, I'm sure they have Percy Jackson. I mean, they have everything under the sun for subclasses. You just search like a subclass for Percy Jackson. And I'm sure you could find like different houses with different, like it'd probably be like some kind of fighter subclass, or I don't even know what the other subclasses would be, but like they probably have ones for like the different gods of like, Oh, you're for Poseidon or you're Zeus. And like they'd have different abilities based on those. And so like, depending on how much homebrewed content you want to put in, like if you want to do a full overhaul or if you want to just add some classes, you know, like just some demigod classes that are, you know, for different uh, gods and stuff to like put into your campaign. Um, I mean, you could totally do that. And there are so many resources out there to do. Or if you want to do it yourself again, you know, we keep praising fifth edition, but really a lot of this stuff, you can just reskin things like for the fifth, for the fifth edition Star Wars game, the lightsabers were literally just reskinned long swords like all of the wet like they even had like two-handed lightsabers that were just a reskinned great sword like they just reskinned a bunch of weapons they just said hey here's this is this blaster this is this sword but it really it was just a reskin of a crossbow it was just a re- they just renamed it lightsaber but really it was just long swords um and you know there if you don't want to do the work there is plenty of resources out there to do this kind of stuff. Um, if you do want to do the work, fifth edition is a great edition to start with because, and you can get inspired by other people. You know, I'm not saying plagiarize, but you know, you can just reskin things that other people have homebrewed or even just start homebrewing your own stuff. And you'll be surprised once you get started homebrewing, you know, either monsters, weapons, classes and stuff, how, easy it is especially with tools like dnd beyond uh not that we have any affiliation with them other than just using their tool um you know it it's really uh, dnd beyond makes it really easy to homebrew stuff um because literally they'll say like for a class for instance they're like okay do you want to use a class as a baseline or like you're doing a race or like do you want to use a certain race as a baseline and then like it breaks out all of the stat blocks and things there for that class like abilities all this stuff and you can go in tweak all those things create your own abilities create your own you know different stat blocks and stuff and it makes it easy to follow and then you can depending on the subscription this is where you, you, know, you have to pay a subscription you can share those with other people you can share them with your own players at your table that kind of stuff um and i mean it's it's incredible the amount of tools too that are out there to do this kind of stuff that's that's what i'm going to start doing in the next you know the next weeks to come is starting to re you know have a whole i'm like my homebrew collection right now is stuff other people has made it's about to grow exponentially because i'm going to have to add all these different quote-unquote races which are just simple everybody is basically the same kind of stat block but everybody gets like based on you know whatever animal they are they get different you know 
upgrades to strength or they're going to be really simple races, right? Because language, everybody's going to speak the same language. There's not going to be draconic or any of that stuff. You know, mm. I'm simplifying all that, but then also, you know, redoing weapons and stuff like that, because there's probably going to be, you know, depending on what people want to play and how we do things, we might redo some of the weapons and the races and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's the tools are out there and it's it, it we're, we're living in a golden age of of homebrew content. We are. And, and I think <clears throat> I think that's the big thing that if i could push one thing you know for the for the folks that are still listening um (laughs) if i could push one thing is the beauty of fifth edition is that there are like you don't really have to step out of fifth edition to um play other types of games right if you want to play a sci-fi type game you don't have to step out of fifth edition that's kind of my point you can really just find a game uh, you know or you can basically find a a sci-fi setting using fifth edition rules now i'm not encouraging you to just stick with fifth edition no you want to open up your horizons and learn new systems and play different games just because they're they're fun to play and it's a new experience however i think though that if i think if you just want to stay within fifth edition and you're comfortable with it you can totally do it. Yeah. You can totally play anything fifth edition for the rest of your gaming career and you would be fine. Like you don't have to go to any other system. Yeah, and because of because of how like with the Star Wars game itself, it feels like you're playing a completely different game because of how how so much of it is like completely just new content. The, all the classes are new, but Everything has basic, and for those of you that are, you know, understand operating systems and IT, everything has that same 5e kernel, you know, underneath everything. This the 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 cornerstone, the the base, if you will, the foundation of fifth edition, where when you're coming in, you're familiar with fifth edition, you could pick up this super easy and understand everything because mechanically it works all the exact same as what you've been playing you know in your game of you know in eberron or whatever whatever you know fantasy world you're playing in that is fifth edition with elves and all this other stuff well now you're just mm-hmm. re- to you it feels like just like a reskinning of all this stuff but it all feels brand new fresh because there's other you know things being introduced that you know you just haven't done and you can really do something as extreme as Going from, I mean, not that it's not not that D and D fifth edition is exactly like Lord of the Rings, but you, it's like going watching Lord of the Rings. You're like, wow, yeah, this is awesome, and then you go watch Star Wars movie. You're like, wow, this is awesome. Both of them yep. are these grand campaigns, right? Both of them are these yep. big stories, but they're completely different. Um, Correct. Um, and you really can, I mean, you really can switch things up at your table and never have to change the it's just what you were saying um you know you can never change the system that people are comfortable with and know um but still have something that is just so different i mean there's a difference between having two different fantasy games in two different you know worlds with different high magic and low magic and then there's going from magic spells and all that stuff to 
now I'm using the force and I have lightsabers or, you know, this is, you know, a steampunk, uh, England where we use apothecaries and throw Mm. acid bombs or, you know, even the, probably the best idea that anybody has ever come up with for a campaign, which is you have anthropomorphic monsters and it's the late (laughs) 90, it's the late eighties, early nineties and pizza, there's pizza and Dunkaroos and you're Mm -hmm. going in space and uh uh-oh, now we're in a dystopian future and uh uh-oh, now we're in an old Western motif. And it's like, you know, uh, (laughs) it's that kind of stuff that, you know, it gets me excited, especially when I just read about it. I'm not even yeah. play a lot of these homebrew types of games, but like even just reading about it and seeing how creative, like you go to like DMs Guild and you could just see how creative people are. And I'm like, yeah, most of the time <clears throat> I'm like, wow, you're just way better at all this than I am. And that's okay because I'm lazy and I'm just going <laughs> to steal what you've made. Well, and, and this is the thing, like I, I personally believe excuse me, that whether you are streaming like we do, right? Right. We stream, but we're also not paid actors. We're not paid for this. We just, we do this because we really love gaming and we love D&D. And I'm not saying that there won't be a future where that, I mean, we don't know, but yeah, we've got a sponsor, we've got a sponsor or two or something or, you know, people were donating to to the the podcast whatever whatever it was that we were doing that there's revenue well, listen, if if folks from pop tarts just listen to this i'm just saying <laughs> just saying not because i want a lifetime supply of pop tarts or anything brown sugar cinnamon please but <laughs> what i'm saying though is you know for folks like us who this is part of our hobby we game together we enjoy gaming and this is how we spend time with one another. But we all live in different states. It's very hard to learn a system, at least for me. It's very hard to learn a new system when I'm, when you know, if I'm proficient in 5th edition, I don't, and if I only have a certain amount of time to devote towards something within the hobby. Right. I want to devote it more to playing than having to learn something because just that's just my time. I don't have enough. And I'm not trying to sound like, oh, you know, I'm a content creator and time is money. Time is money. Like, this is my side hustle. Like, no, like, you know, I love doing what I do for the bearded nerd. I enjoy it. I don't, you know, I don't, I have not seen a dime from the bearded nerd stuff i mean i have received so many beautiful gifts and for me that's that just makes me love the hobby like in a different way because i never thought like growing up i would you know that this would be a thing but what i mean what i what i'm trying to say with all this is i don't have the time between my work between trying to create content that's decent enough for people to actually use and enjoy in their game and to try to think. And, and what I mean by that is like, okay, what, what can I share with folks that, uh, that are actually going to benefit y'all? Like not everything's going to benefit everyone, but if it can benefit one person, great. But you know, what is that thing? So between doing things like that, working, 
spending time with my family because obviously that's a priority. And, you know, am am I going to spend that extra hour to learn a new system that I may or may not get to play, especially during this current time? Or can I can we devote an extra hour to playing in a session or in a game? I'm going to choose that the latter. I'm going to choose just playing an extra hour in a game. So from a dungeon master perspective, if I can just minimize all that craziness and all the um, really all the uh, the questioning and and everything like that, that comes in learning a new system or style, I'm going to do that, obviously, until things kind of lighten up. Um, when things lighten up where we can take some time and again, this could be like during vacations or time or whatever time off weekends, whatever, where we can say, Hey, y'all like, let's, you know, focus on learning this new game with one another and then we can play. Okay. That's cool. But it just makes more sense from a time perspective, from an efficiency perspective to first dive deep into everything that's out there for fifth edition because i think we think about when we when we think fifth edition at least i do we don't often think about the fifth edition compatible yeah we know kobold press great people great folks we know the official published material you know um from wizards of the coast Heck, we know Green Ronin because they. I think Green Ronin, if I'm not mistaken, produced um, Tal'Dori. So, like the the first season of, um, or the first campaign of uh, Critical Role. We know MCDM, which is like the Matt Colville um, production company that made Strongholds and Followers, and now Kingdom and Warfare. So we know all that. We know Adventures in Middle Earth because it's fifth edition compatible. And again, it's Middle Earth. But we don't, not a lot of people know about Star Wars 5e. There might be a Star Trek 5e. There may, there's a Pokemon 5e. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, there's so much more out there. And don't get me wrong, there's other systems and they're great. And I think, yes, I'm saying you should learn them at one point. But before you do that, check the other systems that may or may not be, or rather check for fifth edition compatible material that is focusing on different settings because you may find exactly what you're looking for but someone you know maybe put it on the dms guild maybe someone posted it on reddit i don't know but it might be there so before you kind of i don't and i hate i sound i feel so crappy saying wasting your time learning a different system because you're not you're not wasting your time. You're learning something. You're having fun. But there's just so much out there, at least for my brain, I would rather learn. I would rather know all the different settings that are available to me from a fifth edition perspective and then learn more games than vice versa. I don't know. I, I might sound crazy, but I am. I mean, the folk, the, the audience members should know that I speak from the heart yeah. so I, I might sound crazy i just imagine you wearing a tinfoil hat holding oh, a man. player's manual <laughs> i am um i'm i'm uh, not i don't want the i don't want the <laughs> i don't want the normies out there discovering that 
the radio the waves of Pat, the radio waves of Pathfinder <laughs> getting into my brain. <laughs> True. True. No offense to Pathfinder. Actually, that's that's another one that I started with with first edition Pathfinder. Man, when we when I left college, Path I I, jo- I actually joined Pathfinder Pathfinder Society at my local game store. Um, it was great, but again, that's that was 3.75. So think how crunchy. Well, I don't want to say crunchy. I, I keep using that term. Think how rule how dense. 3.5 was Pathfinder was even more dense, right? So you don't you don't see a lot of oh pa- you know Pathfinder compatible, which I think it's because of the name brand and the IP and everything, but you don't see you know Pathfinder compatible Star Wars like from a from a I will say from a character concept or character creation and customization Pathfinder would be sick. Because it's very customizable, but it's also really dense. So I don't know. What do you think the reason? And I think, and we've probably talked about this, but why do you think that other games haven't had the popularity with creating multiple, um, multiple modules and settings, right? Like we talked about fifth edition and yes, the core, and we've talked about the, how the core rules and everything make it easy to do so. But I feel like there's gotta be something. It can't just, maybe that, maybe I'm just thinking that's, that sounds so simple and such a direct answer of like, yeah, we, we experienced that because it's literally the core rules. Like the core rules of fifth edition allow all this, you know, you know, general, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like it's got to be something else that that, that over like I think it, I I think it's a couple for Dungeons and Dragons versus like another system like Pathfinder. Yeah. So like so like why so why do you think? Okay. So I guess a better question is so why isn't Pathfinder having the same type of boom in the regards of you know Pathfinder Star Wars Pathfinder? Or, you know, Star Trek Pathfinder, Halo, like basic or like, you know, you know, whatever Pathfinder compatible, you name your IP. So I have not actually ever played Pathfinder and I've never I I, have vaguely seen some of the rules. I own a couple like test books where they have like those like free day. There's some RPG things like tabletop days or something where like game store you can get like little free books and stuff. So I have one that's like Starfinder. I have another Pathfinder one. Um, And um, so I have seen some things like because they have like stat blocks and stuff. so I, I can't talk about it from a rules and mechanics perspective because I just I don't know enough to talk about it. But I think if I were to guess a main reason, Dungeons & Dragons has a huge boom right now, for better or for worse, because of Critical Role. It's just okay. it's just true. They just Critical Role popularized Dungeons & Dragons more to a mainstream. For whatever reason, it just really kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is um, for uh, and just to just to kind of just to kind of solidify my point about critical role real quick 
before somebody in the comments is like, well, actually, not that many people like Critical Role. Critical <laughs> Role put a GoFundMe out there, or maybe it wasn't GoFundMe. I think it's GoFundMe. Um, it was where it, they it was were Kickstarter. Like, oh, Kickstarter. That was it for their show. Where they're yeah. like, oh, if we make this much money, you know, we'll do this many episodes or whatever. And then they ended up making like they broke a huge number of records for Kickstarter, made like I I I don't want to say quadruple. I think it was even more than that with the amount of money they were expecting to be even able to do. And they were like freaking out because they're like they had no idea. And then I think the show actually got picked up by Amazon. I think Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So yeah. So, so actually, I'm looking right here at their Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so their <laughs> their pledge, I guess their goal was seven hundred and fifty thousand, so three quarters of a million. They received eleven point three million dollars. So actually, the total number was eleven million three hundred and eighty-five thousand four hundred and forty-nine dollars. So basically, and what was their goal? Uh, seven quarter, uh, three quarters of a mil. <laughs> so they yeah. essentially like th- eleven times the amount that they yeah, won. at least like they, you know they've had and they uh, this and this was last updated December sixteenth of twenty twenty. So yeah. this is like most recent. And and again, it's I so that's yeah that's what I mean by that they they are popular right so they did make it a mainstream thing because something like that where they were able to hit that goal isn't like a few people like Critical Role like it it really did popularize Dungeons and Dragons at least a lot more than it would have been if it didn't exist. Now I think Fifth Edition's rules, the ease of use, also made it pretty popular. Um, the whole adventure, uh, adventurers, is it adventurers guild, the Dungeons and Dragons, like the official like adventurers guild. I think. Oh yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Adventurers um, League. Adventurers League, yeah, and game stores and stuff. I think helped as well. But um, there's also something to be said about Dungeons and Dragons in other media like community they play dungeon they've played dungeons and dragons a couple times they've mentioned mm-hmm. other media things they've mentioned dungeons and dragons i if it wasn't for the fact that i am slightly nerdy i'm very nerdy i don't know what i'm saying but you know i would not know like if i was just like my wife or somebody else i wouldn't even know about pathfinder like i mm-hmm. you'd say pathfinder I'd be like what the heck's that if you say dungeons and dragons even if i don't play dungeons and dragons i don't know anything about it i've heard of dungeons and dragons like you look at stranger things dungeons and dragons like every like people know what dungeons even my mom knows what dungeons and dragons is and she doesn't even know what an elf is right so she it is like <laughs> that's probably an extreme example but like people know what D is and so i think that's part of the reason why you have so much more third party support for dungeons and dragons is it's just so much more exponentially popular than those other game systems and not to say that they're not and i think pathfinder i think dungeons and dragons had hit a stride it was really popular and i don't know if it was when fourth edition came out or what but there was some timeline where pathfinder i think was more popular than D D for a time and that's where pathfinder yeah. really 
kicked off a lot more and why it's a lot more prevalent now. D&D, I think, is, has since taken the reins with a bunch of shows and stuff um, doing Absolutely. it. One of my favorite... Let's be honest. Oh, Fifth edition blue... And and this is nothing wrong against Pat. I think Pathfinder is still a good system, but I think the popularity of Fifth Edition just blew anything out the water. Yeah. My so and I will say this. So I was talking about how popular Critical Role is. I've listened to a couple episodes. I've watched it a little bit. I when I say I've watched it a little bit, I don't even think I got through a full episode. Critical Role is great. Matt Mercer, love the guy. Love the uh, the cast. Critical Role. They're they're phenomenal. They're great. They're obviously professional voice actors, so that's that's great too. It's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. I don't really like Critical Role that much, um, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I like, and this is actually a a, a completely homebrew thing with homebrew uh, rules in every campaign they do, is um, Dropout, which is College Humors. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. They ha- they ha- it's their new like premium streaming network thing that they made. Uh, one of their most po- I, I I'm guessing it's one of those mo- most popular things they have there because it's literally my favorite piece of content they have is their Dungeons and Dragons game, which is called Dimension Twenty. And literally, talk about like the the DM to that game. I don't know how much of it he's completely making up or. You know, it's like a team of people helping to make this stuff. Like the sets and stuff, I've watched behind the scenes thing with all like the physical sets that they've made for it for like the the miniatures. But like the first game is literally called uh, Fantasy High, where it's like these high school students going to an adventuring academy. It's like in this kind of like 1920s-esque, 40s. I I don't know what the the time period is. Kind of Mm -hmm. like America-esque kind of place where it's like all these fantasy creatures existing in this world with cars and also it's really really creative and, and really good um and the main characters are all these like high schoolers starting out at the adventuring academy you know learning to be you know these different things their classes are literally based on like the classes that they take at school are based on the classes that they are in real life like you know oh i have to go to barbarian class or you know all this stuff um and then the next campaign they played after that was when actually matt mercer played in which was called escape the blood keep which was like almost a it was almost, it's not a verbatim but it's almost it's like a complete carbon copy parody of um Lord of the Rings almost. Mm-hmm. It, has, it shares a lot of similarities to Lord of the Rings, but instead of, you know, from the perspective of the good guys, it's literally from the perspective of all these evil servants of kind of like the Saruman esque character. And you have like, literally, it's from their perspective, like their Saruman character in like the first episode. And you could tell us in the trailer, so I'm not, it's not that big of a spoiler. Dies and he's like, oh, 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 and he goes away and they're like, what the shit? <laughs> And it's so funny. And so there's that. And then, like, I think the next one they did was, like, in New York, uh, Unsleeping City. And then they had one called Tiny Heist, which is, like, this world of, like, bugs and toys and stuff. Like, this miniature world and stuff. And then they just did one called, like, Crown of Candy, which is, like, a completely whole, like, candy world. And, like, they are candy people and stuff. And... They're just and the reason why I really like that show and my wife, this is actually the only D and D content, even my own podcast. I mean, she's listened to a couple episodes of the podcast, but um, this is the only D and D thing she actually likes is Dimension Twenty and the Fantasy High. Phenomenal. She, we literally 
were addicted to it. She loved it. And that's saying something because she's not into Dungeons and Dragons. She won't play with me. Um, but she will watch this. And it is funny because they are, it's all com- it, the professional writers and comedians literally playing Dungeons and Dragons, which it's a live play thing. It's not scripted. But because these are people that literally write and do comedy for a living mm-hmm. or they are in other, depending on the campaign, because every campaign they usually have a different cast of people um you know they know what they're doing like it's not even that they know how to play dungeons and dragons it's that they know how to tell a good story or they know how to be funny and like crack jokes and do funny things um and the dm is his name is brandley mulligan and he is what i aspire to with every utmost fiber of my being to make be a quarter of as far as a dm he is so freaking good he is so funny i love brendley mulligan so much um maybe one day he'll listen to this podcast and honey he'll he'll invite me to 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 talk to him on the phone or something i don't know um so that's well, my that... fangirl moment about brendley mulligan um kind of bringing back the homebrew games slash you know topic that we were talking about earlier but um yeah sorry well, go ahead i think you nailed it I think you nailed the fact that be, shows like Critical Role, um, all these other shows, are really allowed folks mm-hmm. to un, to know what Fifth Edition was, right? They really allowed to know, and not even Fifth Edition. They they showed people what D and D was, and then when they were interested, because again, Fifth Edition became pop, or you know, Critical Role became popular, and it started to grow and grow and grow and grow and all of a sudden, you have, you know, now you have this empire, so to speak, or the founding of, a, of an empire from a critical role perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you, and which has ha- helped, you know, the D&D community, because if it wasn't for shows like that, you wouldn't have the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons, which then you wouldn't have the demand for D&D related products and D&D related items. So things like Dwarven Forge became I would even, and because again, I'm, I was very lucky to have Stefan on the podcast uh, last year, where we talked about him, you know, him playing D and D and how it started and, and his growth and success with uh, Dwarven Forge. Again, awesome guy, great guy. Check out the <laughs> check out that episode. But you know, if it wasn't for shows like that, if it wasn't for these big, you know, these these these, and actually, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, anyone can kind of fact check me on my own episode with Stefan. He taught, he actually credits them, credits Critical Role for their, what they contributed to Dungeons and Dragons and how it grew, which again, what my point is because Critical Role and all these other shows grew, and I would even say Critical Role first, they led the charge because they grew and and, and expanded other shows could come in and expand as well. And they can grow in popularity. But what all those shows did is what they, you know, they said, oh, here's this game called Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I've heard of D&D. That's a table. That's tabletop role playing, even though, yep, there's other, you know, there's other tabletop RPGs. A lot of people think of D&D and, you know, tabletop role playing games as one and the same. Um, But yeah, that I think that I think at the end of the day, that's why you get all these different um 
world, so to speak, right? You have Star Wars 5th Edition. You have Pokemon 5th Edition. You might have, you know, you have Avatar The Last Airbender 5th Edition. You have, um, I mean, you probably have Star Trek 5th Edition, Marvel 5th Edition, everything 5th Edition. And it's because of that, I think. And, and you know, going back full circle, the rules that we were able to see because of these games and these shows, right? The rule set, the way you play, how you play D&D 5th Edition basically because of these shows allowed the popularity to grow and then it allowed people to say wait well wait a minute like i haven't you know if if there's a kind of sword and sorcery type game then hmm i wonder if i could learn the game and create you know um this type of world you know demon slayer my hero academia even though like OVA is a great system. It's 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 more it's OVA is anime. It's it's basically an anime based um, RPG system. Really fun to to play. And there's like Savage World. There's all these different systems. But mm, it's a little bit easier to just learn one core rule set and then just you know pretty much uh, adapt it to whatever IP you want to adapt it to. So yeah, yeah, I I. I think we kind of hit the nail on the head there, but, um, and, you know, I know that we're actually coming to the, to the end of it, but man, I know we've talked about the podcast before, so I, I'm going to go ahead and just plug it in. Cause I know you're a humble guy and you're not going to plug it in. So I will <laughs> folks go check out behold the D and D podcast. Um, like I said, that that's, that is the live play that Sam DMs. And it's literally just friends who've been known each other forever and have been and play together. I think you could honestly see it and hear it and feel it in our style. Like we've known each other for so long that we just pretty much we're either like goofing off with one another and it's and it's uh, genuine. It's not fake and it's also not um, it doesn't feel inauthentic. It's it's pretty organic when it comes to that. But in addition, um, because we've known each other, we also know what we like to play. So we kind of build up on each other. So go check out Behold the D&D podcast. And to shamelessly plug our uh, video game, uh, account, <clears throat> excuse me, our video game content, Couch Play, um, where we literally sit virtual, we virtually sit on the couch playing video games having fun talking about well we just kind of goof off and do whatever if you the i will say if you you'll see a, you'll hear a lot of references from folks from like Djibouti dubs because that's one of our favorite like content creators so <laughs> some of it we <laughs> some of it's a, a little of, crass. a lot of inside jokes as well that yeah you won't get Absolutely. but we get and laugh about and you can make fun of us for <laughs> yeah so Go check that out if you just want to see us play uh, different games, especially the classic Kingdom Hearts. Um, check out Couch Play. But Sam, yes. thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it. You're the first one great. of 2021, by the way. First guest. So you know what my goal is now? Now that you've said that, um, now that I'm the first guest of 2021, I'm going to be the last guest of 2021. 
I'm going to bookend your 2021 schedule. So you're going to be on, like, you're going to be like closing out. It's going to be like December 30, whatever the last day of December is this year. Um, 31st. Well, it's 31st. uh, We'll find out. When we get there, we'll get there. You'll be recording with somebody and all of a sudden they'll cut off and I'll be on and it'll just be me and you. And we'll talk about whatever you guys were talking about. Even if it was somebody that you were talking about that, you know, they make their own miniatures or something, you know, uh, I'll just take their place and I'll, I'll be there. I'll be your 2021. I got you, bro. You're, you'll always be my 2021. You'll always be my, uh, my plus one. What? (laughs) I just hear, I can just like picture my wife just being like, what? (laughs) Listening from the other room. (laughs) What are they talking about? No, she's just writing everything down. Ah, okay. Okay, uh-huh. I'm going to tell the Pathfinder folks. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, well, it's we, been I, a blast. I appreciate it, man. Um, y'all, folks, again, appreciate y'all listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Bearded Nerd podcast. Leave a five-star review. Actually, those five-star reviews really help not only this podcast grow, it also helps me to kind of figure out what type of um, content you like from an episode perspective. But in addition, it also boosts the D&D tabletop gaming community. So kind of like what we were talking about earlier, we're all in this together and you know our successes make everyone else grow. So when you leave that five-star comment, makes the whole community grow. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to leave a five-star comment and review. Um, Most importantly, though, be kind and compassionate to one another. We love y'all. And as always, keep gaming.